Thank you, everybody. Um, I'm so excited that you all are here. And thank you, everyone, who went on Facebook and shared the Worship Talks episode. Um, I want to carry out the assignment that God put in my heart tonight, and then after I do that, um, I'll tell my testimony. Uh, this is not about me. This is all about God. Um, I asked for 100 friends to share that uh, Worship Talks video, and we got 96. So if you have Facebook and it's four of y'all on here that can share, we'll meet our 100. Uh, why am I asking? Because I want the word of God to be spread throughout the world. And um, our digital platform is an evangelism tool to send the message of Christ to places, cities, countries that we may never see. Um, ben asked you all to subscribe to the YouTube channel, not because I want to be famous, but because I really do believe that God has given you influence. And sometimes you don't know what to say, but it's not always what you say. It's what you connect people to. And so if you can do that um, so that others can receive encouragement, I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, so go ahead and tell everybody to hop on the call. I will not keep you long tonight, but I am grateful. And so I want to begin with singing a song to the Lord. You, Lord, you are worthy. And no one can worship you for me. For all the things you've done for me. And no one can worship you for me. Here's my worship, all of my worship. Father, receive my worship, all of my worship. And I will not be silent. I will always worship you. As long as I am breathing, I will always worship you yes god and i will not keep silent i will always worship you thank you jesus as long as I am breathing, I will always worship.
up you. In the hospital, here's my worship, all of my worship. Catching the bus. Father, receive my worship. Losing my job. All of my worship. Bad diagnosis. Here's my worship. Nodules in my vocal cords. All of my worship. Father, receive my worship. All of my worship. So, Father, tonight I thank you because you give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. It is you that gives breath in our bodies, and it is us who decides which God to give that breath to. Father, we decide today to give that breath to the only God that matters. I am convinced that everyone worships, but not everybody worships God. So, Father, my prayer is that when you look over the balcony of heaven, you will see a 35-year-old man sitting at New York Presbyterian Hospital, giving you glory for one more breath in his body, and you will see a reflection of yourself and say the cross was worth it. My prayer, God, is that you would look at the 117 callers on this line who could be doing anything else with their time, but they've decided to carve out a little bit of their night to spend in the presence of the Lord. For in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I believe when we are in the right presence, we receive the right pleasures. So God, today, draw us close to you. Never let us go. We lay it all down again to hear you say that you are our friend. You are our desire. Nothing else will do. No one else will take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. Help us to find our way. Father, we're sorry for the things that we've made worship. We're sorry for getting distracted by the glitz, the glam, the smoke, the fog. Bring us back to you. That is my heart's desire, that your people will turn to you and say, God, Help me to fall back in love with you again. For those who have never been filled by your presence and spirit, I pray, God, that you would overwhelm them tonight. And for those who have been filled before but they feel a little low, the good news is the refills are free. So, God, tonight I pray that something shared would not just encourage your people but provoke your people. Lord, I don't just want encouragement that makes me feel good. I want provocation that makes me determine that I will not let you go until you bless me, that makes me let go of toxicity, that makes me pursue you with all passion, that makes me stay up another hour to do your will, that makes me turn from my wicked ways and pursue you with all of my heart. God, provoke us into purpose tonight let people not see me. Let them see you. Let them hear 
you through me as you pour out to your people. In the matchless, inimitable, beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. It is day 17 in the hospital. I have never spent this much time in a space that was not my own. But I give God praise. For those of you who have never heard of Worship Talks, perhaps God orchestrated certain situations to bring you to this moment so that you could be aware of a vision that God gave me a very long time ago. Um, my grandfather was just on the call. He's 79 years old. My grandmother is 77, and they are the pillars of my faith. They taught me the importance of praying in the spirit and reading the word, memorizing the Bible. Um, and I hold those truths to be self-evident that because God did it for them, he can do it for me. Um, my journey is an interesting one because um, my family did not matriculate through uh, collegiate experiences and um, academic prowess. I was one of the first in my family to go to college. Uh, but while there, the Lord took me from Seton Hall to Duke University to Princeton and the like, and while I was at Duke, the Lord gave me a mandate. I didn't really understand it at that time, but he told me I was to be an Aaron to Moses, and I was to tell the voice. I was supposed to provide a space to give voice to the voiceless. The other mandate that he gave me was uh, to invoke the people of God into a true worship experience, and my assignment was academically uh, to create and to compose a liturgical theology for Pentecostal charismatic worshipers. What that means is I needed to be a part of the league of theologians writing on behalf of black church Pentecostal experiences to help people understand what true worship means to us. Every tradition has a flavor. Every uh, racial representation has a flavor. And I'm not the only person that was responsible for it, but I was supposed to be a Levitical priest inside the church and in the school systems, one foot in college and one foot in church, one foot in the sacred and one foot in the secular, uh, to let others know um, what worship means and why it is so powerful. It is an ingredient that you can't afford to miss in life. And so um, as I started to work on my master's project, um, there were various iterations of worship that I started to take apart. Um, and Worship Talks is one of those attempts to really look at different topics of worship and break it down into small bites um, the, the primary audience for Worship Talks um, is for worship leaders, uh, worship pastors, uh, disciple makers, and worshipers, people who love worship. Um, but I wanted to make sure that even though you love worship, uh, that you also understand what you love. Because there are a lot of people who love to sing but don't understand the registers and the chords and the minors and the majors and things of that nature. Uh, and so 
I wanted to use my gifts to break down worship um, in a level that would be palatable to all people. That's what Worship Talks is. And so if you go to YouTube, if you type in Worship Talks and my name, you'll see four episodes that have already been published. I have several others. Um, And each month I release a different episode so that people have a vocabulary, a list that they can go by. My my dream is that uh, worship teams and worship leaders who need icebreakers and ideas for worship, they can just go right to the YouTube clip and make that a conversation starter. Um, And they can use that to really, really uh, deepen the well of worship. Um, And so the first episode that I published uh, four months ago is titled, Do You Know Him? It looked at Samuel, um, who in Samuel, the third chapter, the Bible says in the first verse, he ministered to the Lord. But then Samuel, the third chapter and the seventh verse says, he did not yet know the Lord. Uh, The short synopsis of that particular episode was, it is possible to minister to a God that you don't know. It is possible to know protocol and not know Pentecost. It is possible to know churchianity and not know Christ. And one of the things I want to encourage everybody to do is to get to know him, not just know of him but to know him, not to be affiliated with him, but to know him. When you have someone that you love deeply, uh, you know them on every register. So if they were to call your phone and they say hello a certain way, because you have spent intimate time with them, you can tell when something's wrong just by the tone in their voice. God wants us to know him. And I talk about how to know him on a deep level. Episode two was called God Responds to His Word. And I told a little story about my publishing company when I first started out. I was reprimanding one of my new employees because he was assigned to ship books. And when the customer called angrily, she said that she had the envelope, she had the letter, she had the receipt, but she didn't have the book. I went to terminate him that day, but the Lord stopped me and said, Sean, this is a metaphor for my church because we have lights, we have glitz, we have all the accoutrements of ministry, but we do not have the book. And I exist not for the beautiful robes. The church exists not for the wonderful songs. I exist because I am the book. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That is the true light, which lighted every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And Christians at every level, young people, old people, 
I want to challenge you to get to know the word of God. Get it in your heart because Psalm tells us when the word is hidden in your heart, sin doesn't even have room to build stock. The more words you put in your heart, the more secure you are that you will not bump into sin having dominion over you. And if we can learn Drake and if we can learn Beyonce and if we can learn our favorite Netflix characters, our favorite ABC shows, surely we can turn down some time to get to know the word of God. It is that word that keeps us. Heaven and earth will pass away, but it's the word that will stand forever. And so he responds not just to our risks. He doesn't respond to our beautiful poetry. What God responds to is his word. And if you're a worship leader or if you're a pastor or if you're an intercessor and you want to see something shift in your own personal life and in your ministry, speak the word because God promises to stand up and respond when God hears God's self. Uh, Episode three was titled, God Wants the Unedited Version of You. And there's a line in a song that I love that says, he sees the depths of our hearts and he loves us the same. And I want you to know that God is not surprised by the scandal that you know about you that others don't know about you. God is married to the backslider. What makes you think he'll divorce you because of a season of slippage? I thought about the story of David and Bathsheba, and what's interesting about David and Bathsheba is that uh, David has one major indiscretion that defines him for the rest of his life. You never see David slip up that way again, Um, but that one episode in his life really taints his image. It really ruins his brand. And I thought about how in 21st century culture with Instagram deletions and with so many filters, a lot of us are breaking up with painful memories or mistakes and deleting them from our history, deleting them from our Facebook social media pages, not realizing that those moments are testimonies in disguise. And I wonder if we're so caught up in deleting that we're not realizing God's going to get glory out of that thing, too. I wonder if we would just be honest and allow God to use every part of us, not just the parts of us that we like, because he wants not just the version of you that you post, but he wants every part of you. And then tonight, I released today uh, an episode called God's Promise is His Presence. Now, what most people don't know is that um, these words have been cultivating in my spirit for 20 years. This episode was uh, inspired by my relocation to Durham, North Carolina, when I was praying about moving to a new state. I'm from New Jersey, have always lived in New Jersey, but at that time I felt like God was calling me away from everything familiar, and I was really scared. And because I was a church boy, I was nervous that if I made the wrong move, that God would leave me. And God gave me this word as an encouragement. And I'm going to play it for you because 
I pray that wherever you are in your decision-making, you see this pandemic is really about making major decisions that you've been trying to put on hold for a long time. My prayer is that you had popped up on this call or you're even listening to this replay because we're going to send it out to people to hear, not by accident, but because God wanted you to know that he's with you. And as long as he's with you, then you can go where he's called you to go. I'm going to pause for a moment, and I'm going to play a three-minute worship talk video if you missed it. While I'm doing that, go ahead and share it and let people know that we're on the call. They may hop on in the last 10 minutes and get exactly what they need. Here we go. Welcome to Worship Talks. Today's episode is titled, His Promise is His Presence. When I grew up in my Pentecostal family storefront church, I remember aspiring to greatness and to become great one day. I wanted to lead worship in wonderful spaces. I could imagine myself invoking people into the presence of God. I saw myself traveling the nation to share this glorious gift of worship with the world. But I think at one point I got a little bit distracted. I started to assume that God's promises were connected to people, platforms, and positions. But when we look at scripture, we see one singular promise that is consistent throughout the entire Bible, and that is this. His promise is his presence. Look at Joshua, for example. Joshua's life mirrors the heart of worship. Joshua has been in the shadow behind Moses' leadership for 80 years. And when he finally becomes the leader, and he walks into the promise. He only leads those people for 20 years. He dies at 110. My question is, can God trust you to be in the shadow longer than in the spotlight? Because when he is the goal, then truthfully, you don't know the difference between the shadow and the spotlight because all you really want is him. As I was discerning next steps about whether or not I would go to a certain school as a kid, I was fearful that God would be with me here, but not with me there. I'm sure you've often had that same dilemma. If you go here, will God be with you? But if you go there, will he leave you? But Joshua 1 and 5 tells us something that you need to remember. It says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Joshua 1 and 9 confirms that, and he says these words, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to encourage someone who is trying to decide between one decision and the next. You're blessed in the city and the field. You're blessed in the north and the south. The question is, are you pursuing his presence, or are you pursuing something else. My friends, my worship leaders, those who love the Lord, I want you to be reminded of this truth. God's promise is not in a platform. His promise is not in a person. His promise is not even in a position. His promise is his presence. And as long as you have his presence, you have everything that you need. All right. Um, and so if you couldn't hear it all the way, you can go again to YouTube, type in Sean Saunders, Worship Talks, God's Promises, His Presence, and you'll be able to view it. Um, but in short, 
one of the things that I wanted uh, to share was that the enemy is trying to use fear, paranoia, and paralysis to keep us stuck in neutral. And when we stay stuck in neutral, we actually get an incomplete in the coursework of heaven. Um, when I was in Princeton, I uh, was in India, and I had to complete a thesis that um, I had been writing for a year. But while in India, I missed the deadline to submit my final draft. And when I submitted a request for an extension, my professor told me no. And I begged her to please reconsider. She said no. Um, long story short, she told me, Sean, you can get an F since you didn't turn it in on time, or you can get an incomplete. Well, I had straight A's up until that point, and I didn't want an F. But the other side of it was I couldn't graduate if I did not have a grade submitted. So I had a choice to take the F and graduate or to get an incomplete and all the work I did before it not count. And I feel like what the enemy's trying to do in your life is get you all the way close to the point of promotion and then convince you that an incomplete is better than one F. And I'd rather get one F and still graduate than to have an incomplete and not get a degree. What is it in your life that the enemy is trying to make you pause? What is it in your life that he's trying to keep you in neutral? Because you have no impact when you're not moving. You have no impact when you're stuck. You have no impact while you're in incomplete mode. She gave me an F. My GPA was affected tremendously, but I was able to still apply for my next degree because I could graduate. Long story short, after fighting for my grade, the dean gave me favor and changed it. But God can't change what has not been submitted. So today, stop looking at failure as if it is final. That one grade should not stop you from graduation day. I say that because as I was thinking about moving to North Carolina at that particular time, I thought God was with me in a certain location. After I got married, I remember going through separation and then later on God decided or we decided to uh, divorce. Still great friends, still wonderful friends. My daughter is uh, an emblem and a reminder of God's grace. Uh, but it was a very difficult decision that it took a long time for us to arrive to. And I was getting my hair cut one day, and my barber was like, bro, you got to get back with her because your favor is connected to that woman. And if you don't get back with her, God's not going to bless anything else in your life. And he was just talking. But do you know he planted a seed of fear that made me feel like if I don't get with a person, then God will perpetually punish me forever. 
And I wonder how many people are locked into that same poor theology that people, places, and things are the promise and not God. (laughs) And during those moments where I was really vulnerable and really sensitive, I could have taken his advice as scripture. And I know that what God says to me is not one size fits all. I know that what you're praying about is not one size fits all. But what I want to encourage you to do is get in his presence. Because when you are in his presence, he makes it make sense. He will give you a discernment, a confirmation, and he will give you an unwavering conclusion that no man or woman can separate. There are many people who are stuck in unhealthy relationships because they believe that God will leave them if they change their direction. There are people in unhealthy church situations because of man-made manipulation or unhealthy loyalties. I'm not telling you to leave everything. I'm telling you to get in his presence, to get clarity about what God is saying to you because his promise is not in a platform. His promise is not in a person. His promise is in his presence because when that person dies, the promise is still on your life. Abraham was called to be the father of many nations, and that came through the womb of Sarah. But when Sarah died, the promise was still on him. That's why Keturah was another part of the promise. What if you are amputating your future because you're stuck on what God said? What if you are so afraid to move forward because you keep judging yourself about something that God isn't even judging you for? Romans tells us there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in the Lord. And I'm being this transparent with you all because my life has not been perfect. I still make a lot of mistakes. But one thing I can tell you for sure is that God is with me. And one thing that I can also tell you for sure is that I know what it's like to get up and preach and God not be with me. I know what it's like to get up and sing and God not be with me. I know what it's like to reach for him and not feel his presence. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord and reside in your temple and behold the beauty. Listen, David was so afraid of losing one thing, not money, not women, not houses, but his presence. He said, whatever you do, don't take your spirit from me because the presence is prosperity. The presence of God is the power to break chains. The presence of God is the anointing that allows you to move in the supernatural I know you got gifts, but gifts without presence is just talent. I know you got money, but money without his presence is just profit. I know that you have degrees on the wall, but degrees without his presence is just pedigree. You need the presence of the almighty God. And so as you're making these pivotal decisions, make sure that you sense his presence. There are friends in my life that when I'm about to make a strong decision, I turn and I say, okay, are you with me? Because if you're with me, we're going to do this. 
If you're not with me, I've got to pause and say, now, wait a minute. Am I making the right decision? That is what God wants you to do in prayer. He said, ask. He said, knock. He said, seek. But make sure before you move, you turn around and say, all right, now you with me, though? Because I'm not going into this thing by myself. And if you tell me you with me, see, that's the thing. Your relationship with God is customized to you. So how God confirms he's with you may be very different than how God confirms that he's with me. You see, God will confirm he's with me while I'm watching Scandal. He'll confirm he's with me while I'm driving down the street and I see a sign on a bus stop. God confirms he's with me when I'm listening to sermons in church on Sunday and when I'm in the hospital and a nurse walks in and she says something that sounds like my prayer time with God. See, you can't copy and paste somebody else's relationship. That's why God has been calling you to communion with him, not communion with them. Maybe that's why he's removed certain things that you've been so accustomed to in this season because he really, really, really wants to spend time with you. I feel like there's some people on this call, he's been waking you up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and you think it's something you ate. No, it's God saying, I want to commune with you. I want you to turn that TV off. I want you to go into a room, put on some white, that symbolic of purity. Open up your Bible and just spend some time with me. The Lord told me a couple years back, he, he said three words. I'll never forget it. I was cleaning. I was walking. He said, I miss you. And I turned and looked as if somebody was talking to me. He said it again, I miss you. And I was clear what he meant. Yes, I was preaching. Yes, I was tithing. Yes, I was giving. Yes, I was serving. Yes, I was flying back and forth to Chicago. And I was doing ministry, he said. But I miss the you that would talk to me before you would post on Facebook. I miss the you that would enter into my word not to get a word for the people, but just to spend time with me. I miss you. So I want to encourage you tonight with that word. God's promise is not in a platform. And I feel like some people are facing major temptation because um, this next test is not about good or bad. It's about good in God. Um, Jesus was always king. He knew who he was. But the people wanted to crown him king before his time. They wanted to make him a man-made king when he knew he was the king of kings. What if someone's trying to give you what you think is promotion, but it's really paralysis? Every offer that gives you more money doesn't always lead you to the Messiah. That's why you got to remember his promises, his presence, because the same thing that we call Next level blessing could be the temptation that pulls you back. So my friends, do not confuse the will of God with the American dream. Sometimes your greatest upgrade is a downsize because he knows what you need to get you where you're going. And God's promise is not connected to a person. Yes, God uses people, but you're still anointed with or without the people that he uses. God is with you.
So if you need two or three, you got you and God. You, you'd be surprised by how many people get stuck because Lot left them. You'd be surprised by how many people get stuck because Sarah died. You'd be surprised by how many people get stuck because Paul and Silas were in prison, but you never see Silas show up again. You'd be surprised by how many people are more married to the partner than they are the provider. And what if in this season your favorite partner won't go with you? Does that mean you won't go? Yeah, God uses partners for purpose, but those partners are not your God. And so if you get stuck on a partner, a position, a pastor, God will, I found in my life, remove those people for a season. He will disconnect. He will cause a divine disruption, not because they're bad, but because they became your Lord. And slowly but surely, you start bowing to them by asking them permission before you even go to God to get clearance. Slowly but surely, you start bowing to them because when they say no, then you shut down everything. And those who have insecurity issues, be careful of asking so many people for their approval before you move forward. I feel the Lord. You've got to get clarity from God. And then, as I've said for many, many years, you got to learn how to make more moves and less announcements. And this is what I know to be true about God. He will tell you when you're doing too much. He will tell you when to stop. He will get your attention. But God loves a green light. The only word he gave Abraham was go. When he needs you to stop, you'll know. So that's my word of impartation today. If you got my number, text me and let me know if it blessed you. If you don't got my number but you got my uh, Instagram message, DM me and let me know how this ministered to you. Facebook me and let me know. Um, this is why I live. Uh, worship is the word God put in me before my mama named me. And there are many people, as I kind of wrap up, because I want to shift. I've kept you guys on a little too long. There are many people who have um, said to me, Sean, you're in the hospital. Why don't you just rest? Not knowing that every night I've been pushing back the spirit of depression. 17 days in a hospital room with the same garment on. Uh, 12 days where I could not see anyone that I loved, looking at walls, not turning on the TV, uh, not being able to watch a television show for more than 10 minutes without the medicine knocking you out, and all you have is your voice and the enemy's voice. And at some point, you got to make a decision. This is not my final destination. I need to kick back the darkness by doing what God put me in the earth to do. This is why a personal relationship with God is so important because what works for one person is not going to work for you. If you're a prayer warrior and you stop praying in the hospital, then you were never a prayer warrior in the first place. If you're a worship leader and you lose your song because the churches are closed, you were never a worship leader in the first place. And so I commit to doing and being who God called me to do.
but I do it with balance because for the first 10 to 15 days, I didn't even have the wherewithal to open my laptop, much less lift my voice. And now that I'm stronger, I'm not going to pretend to be weak because there are some people whose lives will be remembered because of their name. There are others whose lives will be remembered because of their job. But then there are those whose lives will be remembered because of their story. We don't know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did for a living, but we know their story because they stayed in the fire and committed to praise God, even if he did not deliver them. What if God doesn't care about your degree? What if he just wants to use your story? What if there's an episode in your life that will be memorialized in the hearts and minds of believers and will encourage them forever? What if God is making a story out of this segment in your life that is synonymous to scripture for somebody? And I want somebody to make this your prayer tonight. Lord, use my story. Use every part of it. Use the violation. Use the addiction. Use the divorce. Use the struggle. Use the questions. Use the promotion. Use the good days. Use the bad days. Use the cancer. Use the million-dollar promotion. Use all of it, every single bit of it. Use it up until there's nothing left. I'm doing this not for attention, not for compensation, not because I'm a workaholic. Here's the thing that y'all may not know. These videos that are published have been sitting in my computer since October, November, because when God prepared me for 2020, he told me this. He says, Sean, when you get to heaven, I will not ask what you did for individual churches. I will ask, what did you do for my kingdom? And there are some things that are laying dormant in your body, in your being, in your building that have not been done because you're so busy serving everybody else's dream. He told me to consecrate time to put all of this stuff into some kind of readable or viewable content. And so every Friday I committed to take the time to do this. I didn't know what it was for. I didn't know when it would be released. But he started storing up and stocking up all of this treasure, and I just trusted him to release it. And like every entrepreneur, you want to be sensitive to marketing. You want to be sensitive to business. You want to be sensitive to the times, and you want to figure out the right time. And so I'm waiting for Oprah to call me. Okay, when Oprah calls, then I'm going to release it. I'm waiting for T.D. Jakes to call. All right, when T.D. Jakes calls, I'm going to release it. But remember, God's presence is his promise, and God's promise is his presence. So what happens if Oprah never calls? Will I keep all this stuff in my laptop waiting for a moment that never shows up? So I had it there, and I was just praying about the right timing. 
because a lot of times it's not that God is saying no. He's saying not now. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be working while it's day. Um, and then my stepfather passed away. I dedicate the rest of my 2020 to Michael Prisbilko. He passed away April 19th. His birthday was on May uh, the 13th. And he had been telling my mother, when I turn 65 in May, I'm going to retire. We're going to travel. I'm going to take some time for us. I'm going to make sure that the house is this. He had a whole list of things that he was going to do at the mark that he thought would be the release, not knowing that God would call him home and retire him early, weeks before the day he had set. When he passed, his life pushed me into overdrive, not his death. His life pushed me into overdrive, and it caused me to realize that no man knows the hour. What if God spared my life for two weeks, but he has a different timeline that I can't see? I would hate to have all this in me and not put it out because of a man-made marketing timeline that has nothing to do with God. What if God prompting me to do this now is the very catalyst that will bring the thing that I've been waiting for? And I'm doing this not so that you can talk about how great I am, but so that you can see how great you are if you would just move out of neutral. Everybody has something to contribute. And I want you to stop seeing your social media page as a diary, and I want you to start using it as a pulpit. I want you to look at your Uber as a sanctuary. I want you to take seriously what's in your phone. If you were to pass away right now, and all they had was your phone to testify of your witness, would they say you are a follower of Christ or a follower of someone else? Your last 20 Facebook statuses, does it glorify God or does it glorify someone else? I want you to take your life a little bit more seriously and realize that people are watching you. People are listening to you. People are seeing you, and they're looking for God in you. And my prayer is that I would be just like the woman in John 4, that when she encounters Jesus, she turns and tells everybody, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Hey, y'all, I did a miracle. I had a stroke at 35 years old. I turned 35 June 17th, and I had a stroke June 22nd. The enemy wanted to take me out. I was alone for about 80% of that day. And around 8.30, I got around a field of worshipers. I wasn't the worship leader. I was just a supporter. And I was supporting my good friends who were in a house practicing for worship. And then the stroke happened. My life could have been over. And what I realize is if God chose to take me out that way, I would have still given God praise because my last breath would have been giving God the glory. 
can you say the same? I realize now that God gave me a sequel, and everybody don't get one. So now that I have one, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it in the morning. I'm going to kill it at night. I'm going to do what God called me to do. I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to love on my daughter. I'm going to rest. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to breathe. I'm not going to take prayer for granted. These prayer calls have touched me in deep ways you will never understand. I'm going to look people straight in the eye when I talk to them. I'm going to be more polite and sensitive. You know why? Because he gave me a sequel, and everybody don't get one. And if you've ever had a life-altering experience and he gave you a sequel, then your days on earth should be a thank you letter for the extension that God granted you. Thank you all so much tonight for being a part of this Worship Talks.